This time in episode 353 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Daredevil Season 3, Episode 1, Resurrection, and Season 3, Episode 2, Please. We also discuss weekly Marvel news and your feedback. I'm Ryan from the Dad.io podcast, a show dedicated to dorky dads everywhere. Part of the Gonna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other dadalicious geeky shows at gonnageeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm producer of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. This show is recorded on Thursday, October 8th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast New York City-wide via www.geeks.live. Come join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Pierogi Day. I wish I could have celebrated this, but I haven't found any place that sells pierogies near me. I hate to suggest this, but they do sell frozen pierogies at the grocery store. Yeah, I've had some frozen ones and they're okay, but there was this place right near where I used to live that it was called pierogi queen. And it was like nothing but Polish food, specifically pierogies as their showcase. And it was so good. I loved their Texas pierogies, which were like that you could have it with like sriracha sauce on it and sausage. And it was, Oh, they were so good. And I really, really miss it. Now I'm hungry again. Yeah. For those that don't know what they are, it's kind of a pasta. It's like a dumpling. Yeah. Stuffed dumpling? Yeah, stuffed dumpling. That's a good descriptor of it. My brother-in-law, who is Canadian, actually he's a naturalized American citizen now, but he is Canadian. He's from Canada. His mother still lives in Canada. Their staple food, their like special food, well, one, they call cabin spaghetti, and they called it even before any of them had a cabin or anything. So that's just what they had, cabin spaghetti. The other is pierogies. So I've been treated to some really cool pierogies and there are like you said there's many different types you can get them with cabbage filling you can get them with mashed potato filling you can get them with potatoes and cheese filling so there's a lot of stuff that can fit in there and probably not the healthiest stuff but oh it tastes so good yeah do yourself a favor try a pierogi michelle have you ever tried pierogies yes i used to live in chicago so, mm. yes. The answer to that is just yes. <laughs> okay. Next time we're at Gen Con together, there's a really good pierogi food truck that comes through. Oh, you remember food trucks? Do you remember conventions? I thought it was really interesting. I got an email today, you know, of a, with PAX going, yeah, we've officially canceled PAX and Plug. And we're just all like, no, duh. Like, we, <laughs> who was even planning on going? <laughs> we knew it was canceled. At this point, cancellations are just in it for uh, hotel reservations and, and yeah, I travel. know that 
there's like certain conditions that a lot of them have to go through of like uh, the state has to declare it. Otherwise, they won't get their deposits back and conventions already run at like a knife's edge of profitability. On the plus side, we've actually had some virtual conventions this year with a lot of virtual panels that were made available to everyone which yes. was a nice change of pace this year, like San Diego Comic-Con and, and a few others. So Yeah, New York City Comic-Con Online, I think, just started today. The Expanse panel was earlier, and it was fantastic. Can't wait to go see it. Talking about The Expanse, we have a show to get to on Marvel stuff, so let's get to it. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes. Because of Catholic guilt. If you'd like to talk to us about the overwhelming amount of Catholic guilt, you can visit our website at legendsofshield.com. You can tell us your stories about Catholic guilt at our voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can share your guilt in a lengthy Facebook post by visiting our Facebook page, Legends of Shield Podcast. You can share your guilt in a much smaller post on our Twitter at Legends of Shield. You can see our beautiful faces on YouTube and feel no guilt at all at youtube.com slash gonna geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. You can join our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of Shield is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Agent Haley contacted us a few days ago. She can't be with us. She's with family right now. And I just want to say our thoughts are with her and her family right now. We're hopefully going to get Haley back maybe next week or the week after, but she is not able to be with us tonight. Ladies, are you ready to talk some Daredevil? Sure. Daredevil season three and the final season, as far as we know it, was published to Netflix on October 19th, 2018, which is less than two years ago. I'm getting excited. We're getting closer and closer to the under two years with all these. Lauren, why don't you run down the creative team of the first episode that we watched for tonight called Resurrection? Okay. Well, first off, we have director Mark, and I'm very sorry for mispronunciation. It's either Jobst or Yopst, who has 30 directing credits starting in 2000, including Five of Belonging, Five of Casualty, Two of Criminal Justice, Two of Upstairs, Downstairs, Two of Silk, One of Hannibal, One of Black Sails, and One of the Punisher. Also, One of the Runaways, Two of Luke Cage, Two of Daredevil, Two of Berlin Station, Two of The Witcher, and Two of Jupiter's Legacy. The episode was written by Eric Olison, who has 14 writing credits starting in 2002, with One of Andromeda, Two of Jack and Bobby, three of Chase, four of Unforgettable, two of Crisis, four of Arrow, three of The Man in the High Castle, three of Daredevil, and one of Carnival Row. Did y'all finish Man in the High Castle? Did you watch Man in the High Castle? I can't watch anything with Nazis lately. It's just too much. I could see that. I could see. I think Man in the High Castle came out before the equation came out between nazis and what's going on in the political universe today in the united states but i watched it and i was pleasantly surprised at the science fiction part of it i just thought it was what do they call it historical fiction Mm -hmm. but it was actually science fiction so 
I did appreciate that. I have not completed my watch of everything. I think I got through season three and maybe there was a last season four or I got through season two and there was a last season three. Anyway, it was pretty well done for Prime, one of their first really good science fiction shows that they had on Prime. And as far as Mark Jopes, I don't, like you, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've heard it Jopes before. We have have talked about his work on the podcast before with everything that he's done and every single episode that he's done has has been really cool. So I'm glad that they started the season off with him. Michelle, do you want to run down the creative team to the second episode, please, tonight? Sure. This episode was directed by Lucas Etlin, um, has 12 directing credits starting in 2012, including One Power, Five of Black Sails, Two of the Arrangement, One Last Ship, One Taken, One Krypton, One Daredevil, Two Counterpart, and Two Barkskins. Written by Jim Dunn, has nine writing credits starting in 2004, including Two of the Dead Zone. Two Crisis, Eleven Haven, Two Hand of God, and Two Daredevil. Now, Michelle, I believe you watched all of Haven. I think you did with me. Was that you that watched yes. all of Haven? Yeah. Yes. So I got suckered in and I watched, I think it was five seasons. Yes. Yeah. Um, suckered in would be the term I would use for me. I did complete the series. It was something to watch on TV. It is not the greatest thing on TV, in my opinion. But what was your thoughts on it? It had potential, and then I really thought they could be a little bit more consistent after season three. I mean, I got the barn, but they just changed the main character so much, and it's just, you didn't need to force the romance, and having it be your kid, and so much time travel, and it didn't really, yeah, just skip it. It's a skip. Rewatch Eureka or something like that. I think it suffered... From the typical sci-fi lack of, and by sci-fi I mean Skiffy, you know, the channel Skiffy, the lack of budget. For fi- I don't remember if it was actually a Skiffy production or if it was another production house that came in, but I think once you got beyond season one, it just didn't have the same money available, and so it started suffering for that. And as a lot of other shows on Skiffy went that way, which is why I don't think I checked I think a few months ago, and and Lauren, you might be able to check me on this, maybe Michelle, I don't think there's really anything on Skiffy anymore that's worth watching. Winona Earp. Uh, Isn't that in its last season or something like that? I don't know if it's, it's, yeah, I think, because it was canceled, then the fans rallied, they uncanceled it, and I'm two seasons behind because I had been binging it, but then I was in the middle of a move and just all sorts of stuff. But yeah, they seem to have canceled all of their good shows and their shows with promise. Like Vagrant Queen was at like a death time slot and canceled. Dark Matter kept moving it around, canceled. I've heard Van Helsing is kind of fun. I don't know if it's still on. Yeah, the last straw that I had was Skiffy. I think we talked about it before on the show was when they canceled Dark Matter and they kept Killjoys. And I think they should have kept Dark Matter over Killjoys, but they didn't because of the production houses. Killjoys was an in-house production. Dark Matter wasn't. So they went with the in-house production there. And there's a lot of fans to Killjoys. I just didn't think it was a hard-hitting sci-fi space opera that Dark Matter was, which is what I like. But in any event, Jim Dunn had 11 episodes of Haven, probably very integral. I didn't check and see if he was an executive producer or anything on that. So 
We have a lot of experience in these two episodes, which is great. So we're going to start talking about these episodes like we do always, and we're going to equate the titles of the episode to the themes of the episode. And Lauren, I'm going to start with you. Resurrection, what do we got there? Well, obviously, Matt Murdock came back three days after dying, so... Well, it is kind of, you know, figurative and literal. Everyone's like, oh, Matt's dead, but he's really alive. And also, we see him at the start of the episode at his lowest point. He's been partially deafened. He's just beat to hell. Electra's dead. He ends up in this... Basically, he's hiding out at a church, and he's mad at everyone. He's mad at God. And he starts to pull himself out of that by the end of the episode. So, again, metaphorical and literal resurrection. So if we take the biblical analogy here, it was just, you know, go historical. We'll treat the Bible like a historical document right here. So when there was a famous resurrection in the Bible, you know, Jesus was resurrected after three days, then he came back but then he left shortly thereafter so i think this is just an omen that everything was going to get canceled in the defenders universe because it was going to be done right yeah i mean i guess you could look at it that way okay firing on all two cylinders today this is good (laughs) michelle do you have anything to add on that not really it's pretty much clear cut there All right, so since you're so clear-cut on Resurrection, why don't you start, Michelle, on the theme for the episode titled, Please. There's a lot, you know, Matt talks about how he thought he heard the prayers from everybody, and he thought he was, people would go, please, God, help me with this. And he thought by hearing people's prayers, he was helping them. And then you have, I think his name's Nadim. Sorry, first one we're talking about here. Yes, Nadim is like, please let me be on Fisk's case. Let me be the head of it. And then at the end, you've got Fisk basically going, please give me protection. And basically at the end, please don't kill me. I mean, he doesn't say it, but that expression on his face is definitely everyone's dead around me. Please don't kill me. That's interesting about the prayer thing. So my favorite baseball superhero movie for love of the game, and we can go into all the reasons why it's actually a superhero movie, but let's just say for the sake of argument that it's a superhero movie in it, Kevin Cosner, who has this superpower of concentration to be able to pitch this perfect game, right? So he has a superpower going on where he clears the mechanism and everything at the end of the movie, he's hurt his arm he's pitching the last inning that he'll ever pitch that sort of thing and he doesn't have anything left but he needs to throw a pitch so he starts talking to god i won't say praying but he's starting talking to god and he said you know i've always thought it was silly to ask for your help over winning a baseball game when you have so many other things to deal with but if you could just make this pain in my arm go away for an hour or half an hour or whatever he said 20 minutes i think is what he said that would be great So that reminded me, this scene in Daredevil kind of reminded me of that. And there's many other examples of that throughout television and and movies and stuff like that. But it it was pretty powerful the way they portrayed it because it seemed like a bunch of things that God was not going to be able to help sort of thing. And, And these people were just desperate and they were reaching out to God. And it fit into Matt's motif of not wanting to 
go the way of the church, basically. Here, he refuses to take communion, he refuses to be in mass, and he wants to continue with his daredevil motif. And he has this give and go with Sister Maggie. Can we call her Sister Maggie? Yeah. Is that which we, yeah, let's call her Sister Maggie. He's got this give and go with Sister Maggie throughout the entire thing. So yeah, the, the whole please thing was pretty much a moniker for all of that. I will say before we get into everything that it was really good to hear and see the Daredevil intro theme and the graphics. I actually watched it the first, for the first episode. I skipped it for the second episode because I was running out of time. It was really cool to see that again. And this is where this Defenders universe all started was that graphics. Yeah, it did feel kind of like coming home. I have so much to say about Matt in these two episodes. I don't know about either of y'all. I grew up Catholic, very Catholic, Mexi-Catholic. And I also have been dealing with a, I want to say late in life disability, but it all started when I was 18, which I'm comparatively young. So I have a whole lot to say about faith and grief and stuff but i can get to that later just letting you know it's coming though i wouldn't expect anything less from you lauren (laughs) there's a lot to talk about in matt's life here because in the two episodes there's kind of a dual thing first there's the survival story we have to get the fact that he actually survived midland circle and how he did it and stuff like that and not only that but after he got out his bid to survive just to live sort of thing and then it kind of transitions into a comeback story. So there's really two different stages within these two episodes of what's going on. You might say that there's a third stage when he actually starts becoming Daredevil again, but he's not all there yet. I don't know if he'll ever be there again. He said he's basically not as young as he used to be or didn't have the capabilities that he used to have. So you might want to say that there's a third part in there, but I'm just going to keep it to two parts there. Also, I know, did you guys watch the recap before you started watching season one episode one did you see claire in those and go oh it would be so cool to see her in this one i'm kind of soured on rosario dawson these days for the uh, transphobia allegations and that's not the first time you mentioned it on here but claire as a character she will be sorely missed yeah the character did add a lot just that kind of human connection to these extraordinary people I guess before we get to talking about Matt, let's talk about some of the other characters. So Michelle, Karen, you're a big Karen fan, and she has an interesting trip in these two episodes, an interesting story. How do you think she's holding up? She's the keeper of the faith. She's the one that's trying to keep the light on. Literally, she's. we learned she's paying uh, Matt's rent and bills. In order to have Matt a place to come home to, she's still doing her reporter bit, which is really good. I like the interaction with her in the editor, where the editor is just, you know, make sure you're working the story and the story's not working you. And we see her with her own ability to make a human connection when she goes questions the woman in the hospital. And then she gets that tidbit that perhaps Matt's alive because of the guy in the mask saved them and such. Yeah, she really, if we are going biblical with and with Daredevil, it's hard not to. She is very much the Mary Magdalene here. And Foggy is the doubting Thomas who isn't going to believe until he gets to poke Matt in the face. I like that Marcy was brought up in the second episode. I have no idea if we're going to see Marcy or not. I didn't 
spoiling myself by looking at IMDb. By the way, I have only seen the first two episodes of Daredevil season three. I've not seen anything more, and I believe you two ladies are the same way, right? Yep. So we're not going to spoil anything else in season three because we simply don't know as we're watching through here. We've been kind of waiting for this moment to podcast about it. But Karen, in the second episode, she goes to Foggy's parents' deli to find him. I don't know if she knew he was going to be there or not. And then he says, oh, thanks for coming. And you're not going to bring up any questions about whether I'm still with Marcy or not. Yeah, it's this whole implication of Foggy is not in a good place mentally for the two episodes. If you can start off almost everybody at their lowest point at the beginning of this season, this is his lowest point. It's, yeah, he's a successful lawyer. He's working for one of the best firms in the city. But his best friend is dead. He goes home. His mom is trying to get him to quit and come and run the deli. His brother, despite the fact that he's the one who wanted to run the deli, is being overlooked by their parents. His dad is, we're finding out, he's getting older. He's not as good as he used to be. And then to top it all off, Karen comes and he's like, oh, great. And now people are going to say I'm cheating on my girlfriend because an attractive woman, you know, that I used to hang out with all the time showed up. So it's just like one more thing that he doesn't want to deal with. Oh, and then she's talking about, hey, guess what? The best friend that you know is dead. Maybe he's not dead. And that hurts. If you've ever lost anyone really close to you, just the thought that, oh, but what if they're not dead? Like, you want to think it, but, and then the fact that they didn't find a body. A lot of analogies there to 9-11 with Midland Circle, and you had the whole building come down, and there was some people that they didn't recover anything from, or that they recovered something, but they weren't able to identify it. So you really just don't know in that situation. Uh, also, uh, the MH370 aircraft was never found there's Mm -hmm. several aircraft like that oh yeah no there's so many disasters where bad things happen to people's bodies and there's not enough of them to identify or kidnapping cases or presumed victims of serial killers or people who just vanished and you never know your mind is always trying to say maybe the possibilities out there so i don't blame foggy too much because that was the world of real, even though they were surrounded by supernatural stuff at the time. But also one last thing before we start talking about Matt is this introduction of this new character, Special Agent Ray Nadim. I love the introduction because it's so such a fake out. It's like he's part of this underground criminal activity or something like that because, you know, his credit cards are bad. So you're thinking, oh, he's going to go rob a bank or something like that. And then he gets out the gun in the morning. although. What should have tipped me off if it was from a gun safe? A criminal is not going to necessarily have a gun, gun safe. And then he's walking in and you think he is going to do something like rob a bank. And it turns out he works for the FBI. I thought that was a great feint to introduce the character. We also have a little bit of a breaking bad thing going on there. We find out that the reason that his credit is shot is because he was paying for it. Is it his sister or his sister-in-law? Sister-in-law. Okay. He was paying for her cancer treatment. and They're having a party. Because she's in remission, she's cancer-free, and that's great. But again, it's 
the reality of a lot of people in the United States is you have a medical crisis and you're broke. I have good insurance and we're still dealing with a lot of medical bills right now. Yeah, it's expensive to be poor. This is part of it. Um, And the whole thing about like, can credit actually interfere with your job? Yes, it -hmm. can. So this is not like some sort of weird made up thing. This actually happens to real people all the time. And it's that awful circle of you're not getting a promotion because of your bad credit score. And then it's like, but I need the promotion to make the money to pay off the things to increase my credit score. But you're not giving. And it's just. Mm hmm. The one thing needs to happen before the other thing, and it's really awful. Yep. So that character introduction was great. And then we also go back to Fisk in prison, and that kind of sets up these two episodes. So we got Fisk in prison. We'll talk about him in a second. We got Special Agent Nadine. We have the church. We have Karen and Foggy, and we have Matt coming back. So that kind of sets up what's going on here. When we first see Fisk, and We have this like beautiful thing. Did either of y'all ever watch Hannibal? Yes. The movie or the TV show? The TV series. No. Because this was bringing me back to Hannibal. You have the classical music. You have the lovingly prepared food. And then we see the reality of the situation, which is he's in a prison cell. It's gross prison food. Everyone's yelling. He's having a bad time. And did like the white wall. I mean, they brought back the white wall. So that was cool. And his love for Vanessa. And again, I don't know if we're going to see Vanessa at all in the season or not. But the fact that he loves Vanessa and he will do anything to bring Vanessa back, including rat on his other fellow criminals and subject himself to everything that it's entitled with being a snitch. I thought that was a calculated move on his part to get eventually released. I don't think it is because when the attack finally came, when he was being moved, He thought it was going to be it. He thought it was going to be the end. And when he finally came out of the car, he came out of the car with his hands up, like, don't shoot sort of thing. So this was not the I'm sure of myself of what's going on fist. This was I am doing everything for Vanessa because she is my everything. And it wasn't working out for him. Yeah. At first I thought, oh, they're breaking him out. But then, yeah, seeing him scared was kind of novel i mean we've seen him through the two seasons that he's been in we've seen him yeah kind of worried but still in control but i don't think we've ever seen him outright scared really yeah fisk and it's set up so now let's let's talk about murdoch so he is surviving he went out with the the water into the sewer system i guess and he got thrown out by the river i think that's the inference of what happened there yep we don't know what happened with electra though exactly she's dead or is she it's comic books when you don't have a body you can bring them back that's how it works even if you have a body let's face it it's 50 50 been known to happen before yep absolutely and he ends up wanting to go to father latham Lantham, excuse me, Lantum. How do you pronounce his last name? Does anybody know? Does anybody remember? I th- it's spelled L-A-N-T-O-M. So I think, I think it's, it's Lantum. Lantum. Yeah. So he asked Father Lantum at the church and he goes there. 
Something's going on with Sister Maggie, though. I think it's more than just I'm taking care of this orphan that used to be here. Yeah, I've read the comics. I know I know what's up with her. All right. So what is the comic background of Sister I Maggie? I don't want to say because it's a spoiler. <laughs> Dang it. I was hoping to slip one in there. <laughs> but if you have read the comics, you also know what's up with her. I really, really, really love like she's very prickly and he's very angry. Okay. When you're hurt that badly, when your life has changed that badly, the last thing you want is pity. And I guess that would go doubly so for him because he already has one disability. And with him, it was like, oh, okay, even that's not so bad because, you know, I have these other super senses and I'm a ninja and, you know, everything's pretty great. I probably get by better than a lot of my sighted friends. But now that's kind of been taken from him again since he's been partially deafened and everything. He really, really, really doesn't want that pity. And she is not giving him pity at all. She's kind of giving as good as every time he lashes out, she kind of absorbs it and throws it back at him. So there's this weird kind of respect there. She says a line that I will always respect. So you have heard of me. And that was great. Also, she is subjected to, and I'll just call it, I know it wasn't complete, but a quasi Matt shirtless scene changing his bandage. We got oozing wounds. Yeah, oozing chest wounds or gut wound in this case. And I don't know really what to call her. Uh, confidant, trainer, counselor, healer, all, all of, of the, the above. above. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm really intrigued with her and I hope that we get more of her as the series goes on. I doubt we just saw her for two episodes and that was it. As a matter of fact, I think Matt's still planning on living in the basement of the church in the laundry room for now. Well, everyone else thinks he's dead, so. Hmm. I'm not sure how familiar y'all are with the role of nuns in the church. Oh, uh, since you gave your background before, I'll just give my background. My great uncle was a bishop, so oh, I'm wow. pretty familiar. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So for those who don't know, the history of nuns in the Catholic Church is a really interesting one, in my opinion, because you go back to like, the middle ages and stuff and this was where women would go if you know first of all to claim sanctuary to get out of arranged marriages they didn't want to be in it was kind of a place to have some position of power to have some position of education the nuns you know you traditionally think of catholic nuns as the ones who teach in schools which yeah a lot of them still do there are some orders that still do that they aren't as, I would say, respected as priests. They don't have a lot of the same duties because gender roles in the Catholic Church are still not great. But nuns don't tend to be very meek. It takes a certain kind of person, whether, you know, nun, priest, whatever, to think, to be convinced that they are hearing the call of God to go in and do a duty. And so you get a lot of these very interesting, a lot of them very strong-willed people. My grandpa's sister was a nun. We used to live by the little convent there in my hometown. They taught at my sister's school. I was never taught by a nun because I burned all the bridges at the Catholic school that I went to in preschool. 
So I had to literally. Leave. I can only um, assume it's literally. I didn't actually set any fires, but they were not fond of me. Mm. The high school that I went to was a Catholic high school. My freshman year it was an all boys school. The only reason I went there is I knew that they were going to merge with the all girls school that was across the street my sophomore year. So I did go to an all boys school for a year. My sophomore year, we merged, and the Christian brothers that taught the boys were merged with the nuns that taught the girls. And it was an interesting couple of years. And I actually did see witness nuns using rulers and paddles. Oh, yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's a stereotype for a reason. Yeah, I didn't want to mess with the nuns. No, no, didn't happen. And they, they had this inherent hatred towards all the, the boys there because they didn't want to merge with an all-boys school. So it wasn't us in particular. It was just all teenage boys everywhere that they didn't like. So we were just the brunt of their anger. Yeah, the gender roles in the church, also a very interesting, complicated thing. And that's not even like, oh, all of them are like, you go by, like I said, I'm more... I grew up more Mexican Catholic, which is a very, very more traditionalist, whereas my best friend who also grew up Catholic, they're a lot more liberal, like they actually had sex education in school, that sort of thing. State mandated in my case. But anyway, Michelle, you have been quiet for a while. I want your thoughts on Sister Maggie. I think she's very interesting. I to don't want to say much because I don't know if this season's going to follow the comic book or not. <laughs> I don't know really what else to say because I'm in the same boat as Lauren because we both know stuff and it's like, are they going to go there or not? And, and I think because of that, we don't want to talk too much about certain things. Yeah, I'm 99% sure they're going that way. I hope so. Especially given what she said in episode two. I loved her enjoyment of boxing she was just all in it she was like oh boxing oh yeah so they set this boxing ring up in the laundry room of the basement of a church with these religious statues as the four corner posts (laughs) i was like of all the things and then i thought back to my high school education catholic school was like yeah actually i could see this happening we didn't have a room like that in my high school but I i could see it happening there's this weird thing that happens when you're kind of in the presence of religious stuff every day. It's that whole like not familiarity breeds, if not contempt, practicality. You got to live around it. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of this from, you know, yeah, Catholics, evangelicals, the Muslims I know, the Jews that I know. And it's the funniest stories that you hear from people who went to Catholic schools inevitably have to do with something weird that the jesuits or the nuns or the catholic brothers or the lay brothers or whoever you get to teach there's always something weird they do and it kind of like shorts your brain out a little but it's because yeah it's you're around it so often it just becomes a matter of okay well i need to get stuff done Yep, and talking about getting stuff done, we have a podcast to do here. So Matt, his comeback, we'll go to his comeback phase, and he's still healing, very much so. His body is nowhere near healed. He's still spitting out blood. His swelling in his ear hasn't gone down. I don't know if it ever will. 
but he discovers a new way to use his powers, doesn't he, Michelle? Yes, the power of touch. He gets uh, spidey senses through his hands. It's... (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just every time he would touch something, it just reminded me of Spider-Man for some reason. It reminded me of Toph from Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, the feet, the feet yeah. moment. But he, he ended up using his hands more. So because it, he ended up focusing on his hands and not his feet, I eventually went to Spider-Man. But if he stuck to the feet, like if all of a sudden he was running around barefoot, so tough. That would be so tough. <laughs> So he reached out and he touched the mirror and his hand was on the mirror and he, and he started feeling the vibrations. And you know what my thought was still to this day in October of 2020 was the last season of Flash, which has not concluded. I mean, the season is done of Flash, but they haven't concluded it because they had their filming cut short because of the pandemic. But my thoughts went to, I wonder if he's going to get sucked into that alternate universe behind the mirror. That's what I thought. That's how we find out about the Marvel multiverse. <laughs> Through Daredevil and his shoeless, gloveless <laughs> touch. Yeah, I was having a lot of feelings watching this. Like I said, been dealing with various injuries, disability stuff since I was 18. And I recently had to have back surgery. So I've been feeling great. And that's been leading me to push myself too hard. So I'm back to taking pain pills and walking with a cane. So watching Matt have that, oh my gosh, I can do anything. Oh no, I can't. It really hit home. I felt for Matt. I really did because he is, wants to be Daredevil so bad and he just can't be the Daredevil that he used to be. Not to say that he can't be Daredevil again. He's kind of on that path. He's just out in the streets helping people for the first time, and he ends up in this fight on the street with a dry cleaner, herbal dry cleaner gang, which I'm sure is code for something in New York City. But anyway, he he gets into this fight with them, and he kind of saves a couple of people in the process, a father and his adult daughter, socialite, I believe, is, is what she's termed. And I didn't think for one second that this wasn't going to come back i always knew that this fight was important that it would drag matt back into it on his quest to get wilson fisk or whatever and also i didn't see it right away but obviously karen got hooked up into it and i can only imagine foggy's going to get hooked back into it somehow so we've got the places the the pieces on the board that are shifting around we didn't get a, a just a fight in the middle of nowhere for nothing for Daredevil, which the fights, by the way, it's good to see the fights again, the fight choreography, because Charlie Cox sure can throw some punches. Yeah. When he finally goes after the dry cleaners, by the way, he puts up two of the guys on the, the fence uh, on a cage, basically in the basement, and he he's double punching both of them at the same time. Like one, he'd punch one and then the guy would rebound. He punched the other with crossing fists it was very pummeling it was very daredevil and i'm glad they didn't overdo it obviously daredevil's hurt but it's good to see them progressing to see intense fights but it doesn't dominate like the whole hallway fight that was in season one daredevil that was like a 12 minute fight or something like that we didn't get anything that long this time yeah something else that i really 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 liked 
We see Matt having a crisis of faith. We hear him talking to Sister Maggie about the biblical story of Job. If you've ever read the story of Job, it's, it's a bet between God and the devil of, okay, if I make this guy who loves me and he, his life is great, if I make his life miserable, God's like, I bet he's not going to curse me. And the devil's like, I bet you he's going to curse you. And the whole story is just the worst things happening to Job, like, you know, Matt says on the show. And he's right now feeling very Job-like. He's dedicated his life to, you know, helping and doing the right thing and making people feel better. And not only his closure with Fisk wasn't what he thought it would be, he didn't die. I mean, you know, usually it's like, okay, the, the hero completes his mission and dies. He's not dead. And not only is he not dead, but he's all busted up. So he can't even go on being, you know, the daredevil that he was before. So he's in a really bad place. My parents, you know, anytime I would feel bad as a kid, anytime I'd feel sick or in pain, they were always telling me, oh, offer it up to God. And that's not really the kind of thing that maybe you want or need to hear when you're in that mental place that physical place that emotional place and he's we we talked before he's kind of going tete-a-tete with sister maggie because she's still holding on to her faith even though he's like well what if you couldn't you know you have this calling and if you couldn't do that calling anymore what would you do she's like well you find something else and he's like it's not that simple this is like literally all i've been trained to do even though he's also a lawyer come on there's other ways to help people but then, yeah, like we say, he finds a workaround and it's not going great for him so far, but it is that little shred of hope. He's still not all the way back. Like we said, he's not going to church. He's not taking communion. He's having a crisis of faith. Lots of us have been there. Whatever he comes out thinking, you know, because it's Matt, because we know it's Matt, he's probably going to come back around. But Whatever happens when you are in a situation where you are having a crisis of faith, a crisis of identity, you don't tend to come out the same person on the other side. So that's what has me the most excited about this season. So move forward with the movement forward with the characters. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to mention in this episode, and since we just watched Luke Cage and we didn't have Iron Fist in the middle, it's even more important. We got Ben Donovan back. You know, he's been in both Daredevil and Luke Cage before, but coming off of the last season of, of Luke Cage right into this, and you see Ben Donovan as Fist's lawyer again, you're like, okay. And he knows when he's dealing with his criminal clientele, he knows when to push and when not to push. So he comes in and they, they tell him that, unfortunately, we can't get Vanessa back in because of all the legal stuff. And he tells Fisk, tells his lawyers which one of which is ben donovan to leave ben donovan doesn't say doesn't bring up anything else any actionable items for his client he doesn't say we'll work on it or anything he shuts up and he leaves ben's not dumb as we saw in the last season of luke cage we also saw a returning face in turk barrett at the very beginning of the sh of the episode turk ties the whole universe together i think there's He's been like, like two dudes rug yeah <laughs> ties the whole thing together i think there's been one or two seasons that he has not been in but like even luke cage i thought he's been in every season but it might only be just one episode 
No, I think there's been one or two seasons that he hasn't been in, but he's been in at least one episode in all the rest of them. Michelle, you got anything to say as we're wrapping up here? Matt's a jerk. (laughs) I know he's having this crisis of faith and he's going through the stages of grief, but Foggy brought you the suit. And the fact that he's doing this whole, like, I'm not mad anymore. I'm just daredevil. Like there is no, you know, there, you know, there is no, you know, there's only Zool here. Um, There's no one else. Like that's okay. But you're letting your best friend think you're dead for no reason whatsoever. That's a bit much considering what Foggy went through during the Defenders. That's just something that is not, yeah, that's not really sitting well with me. So right now I'm just like, Matt, you're just, jerk is not the word I really want to use, (laughs) but this is a clean podcast. So I have to settle on jerk. He's a real duck, isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Matt's going through a lot of stuff and nothing has changed. Matter of fact, even the flashback, the whole thing with I have to do this daredevil thing and he's pushing other people away from him along the way. They set it up in the flashbacks. Again, that's the problem with somebody who has just this unshakable faith in something. Sometimes it makes them real jerks to be around. You know, at the end, I think Special Agent Nadim is dead or severely injured. And there was an FBI guy that came to the rescue of the convoy. Some guy that I don't remember seeing before was not introduced. We saw his face. So I'm hoping to see more of him next time. He's one heck of a shot. He took out an entire (laughs) Albanian hit team with automatic weapons and grenades and explosives and stuff with just his handgun and knives. Gee. Yeah, do you think we could say he's a bit of a bullseye? Yeah. You think? Yeah, you think? (laughs) Gee, I wonder who that is. I remembered the spoilers on the fact that Bullseye was going to be in season three. And yeah, I was just going to leave that out for our audience, but okay, we'll go there. I didn't say a name. I just said he was a really good shot. He He is. Also must have really good bullets to go through protective armor like he did. Maybe they're Judas bullets. Yeah. Hammer tech. Hashtag it's all connected. <laughs> Not quite, but okay, we'll go with it. But you can find it at hashtag it's all connected.com. That's all I got for these two episodes, ladies. Anything else before we close it up? No. No. All right. Next time we'll be talking about the next two Daredevil episodes. Season three, episode three, No Good Deed. And season three, episode four blindsided and we have some news we have some casting news about benedict cumberbatch and spider-man so apparently as of today the news dropped that Doctor Strange is coming to Spider-Man 3 and apparently in sort of the Tony Stark mentor role, which I'm not sure what I think about that, but I don't know. We'll see. They're also speculating this could explain how we're getting Jamie Foxx Electro because as you may or may not remember, because it's been a hell of a year, 
Doctor Strange 2 is called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So does this mean that he's going to slip in from an alternate dimension? Does this mean that he's that dimension's version of Electro? We did hear that the appearance is going to be different. He's not going to be like bright electric blue like he was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And also, uh, hopefully we'll have more news about that coming out soon because both Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange 2 are due to start shooting this month. Spider-Man in Atlanta and Doctor Strange 2 in London. So we'll see. I sure hope both these films fare better than the sparkly Batman film did when sparkly Batman himself was diagnosed with COVID. I, seriously, I do. I hope that they're not interrupted with a main character getting diagnosed with COVID and then shutting down production. I really want to see these movies come out at a reasonable pace. Oh, yeah, so do I. But the way that this all goes and with that number of people, I mean, even if you're keeping it to a minimum number of people, there's a lot of people on a movie set and it's kind of impossible to keep everyone in a bubble. So I'm betting we're going to hear about various COVID cases popping through and shutting down productions in any movie that's in production right now. Any movie, any show. Yeah, it really depends on how much they keep to the bubbles because most production companies do institute a bubble for most of the actors and the production crew. And usually it's the stars that are allotted not to be part of that bubble. But in sparkly Batman's case, he was the one who was diagnosed with COVID. So obviously wasn't adhering to the same bubble mentality as everybody else. And, and, and I realize you can get COVID even by adhering to everything, but as we're seeing with the NFL, I think some of these people just don't take things seriously. So anyway, I do hope that the filming does not get halted for any reason, because it's a major expense right now for studios that haven't had any income for the past year, and it would really hurt them. Also, I want to remind everybody, it was a year ago that we were talking about the whole Sony Marvel thing with Tom Holland not being part of the MCU and him imploring and pleading with Sony to make a deal with Marvel and him doing that has enabled Benedict Cumberbatch to be part of Spider-Man and, and vice versa. So I think it was really to the benefit of Tom Holland himself by doing this, but we all benefit from it. And what we're seeing now with these two movies is specifically because of the deal that was made one year ago. Yeah, and we should have more news out hopefully next week because, like I said earlier, New York Comic Con Online is happening. I know we're having at least two Marvel panels there from Modoc and Hellstrom. And Hellstrom, of course, premieres, I think, next week. So we'll see. Yep. All right. Let's get on to some feedback. We have one bit of feedback on Twitter this week that I thought I'd highlight. Our friend at Adana Girl in a thread about, okay, Elizabeth Henstridge, who played our dear beloved Gemma Simmons, had a YouTube channel over the past season where, you know, she and some people, some friends, some castmates would kind of talk. They would live watch the show, talk behind the scenes stuff. And now she's turning it into a podcast where she, her friends, her coworkers, et cetera, 
are going back to season one and doing their own watch through. So Adana Girl linked it and is explaining Elizabeth Henstridge did watch alongs on her YouTube channel. Now that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is over, she started back at the beginning of the series. She's now turning it into a podcast. Her YouTube apps often have cast and crew members on them. And she has the podcast artwork and everything. So uh, if you, like I'm sure all of us here are, missing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., once you're done listening to our recaps, why don't you go listen to Simmons's recaps and discussions? At which you can lobby to her to be in more Hallmark holiday films in the future. Yeah, special request just from SP. Ooh, you know what I think would be great if Ward and Henstrich ended up in the same movie because they've both done Hallmark holiday films. I think they both should be in the same film. I want to see her on Great British Bake Off. I don't know if she can bake. I'm just sure she'd be fun. Michelle, where would you like to see Elizabeth Henshrich other than her podcast on YouTube? Uh, let's see. Season eight of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> season one of Agents of Sword. That would be nice. Or whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Which if they do, we're already postured to make that pivot, by the way. We're good <laughs> to go. Leave that for a little spoiler for if indeed happens all right so that's it for the feedback for the week thank you everybody for getting in touch with us over the last few weeks and let's you know i feel the need to take my clothes to an herbal cleaner and get a flyer and then pass it on to my friends on the way out what do you guys think sure we can do that okay here we go It's October 2020. Thank you, everybody, for listening and keeping up with us in 2020 as we get through the rest of this pandemic by watching shows that came out two years ago. Thank you all for joining us in this godforsaken year. Thank you to everybody who gets a hold of us, who tweets at us, who sends us news, uh, who comments on the YouTube, and just whatever lets us know that you're listening. We really love that. We appreciate it. Uh, we also get a lot of enjoyment from that that helps boost us through this horrible, horrible year. So thank you. Thank you so very, very much. I'm going to take a, a little personal thing and wish my mom a happy birthday because it is her birthday today. <laughs> happy birthday, Michelle's mom. Happy birthday, Michelle's mom. I know I do show notes and I almost wanted to do happy Michelle's mom birthday thing, but I thought that would be too much and I would just do it now. So I just, you know, my mom is great. and. We do live together and, you know, she just, oh, you're doing your thing. And it's like, yes. So we do have, you have to understand that sometimes we have family members who are supportive of this hobby. They don't understand what it is. My mom just smiles and nods her head when I talk about like gaming or this or whatever. And when she talks about football, I smile and nod in return. <laughs> so, you know, it's a give and take, you know, it's how, it's how it's supposed to be. But yes, so happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday, Michelle's mom. Enjoy the games this weekend. Michelle's mom has been on the podcast before de facto. We did used to have a segment of what Michelle's mom thought of the episode that she was watching. So I have to ask you, Michelle, has she been watching Daredevil with you? No, I have to ask her if she's seen it and everything. So, yeah. Okay. 
Well, if she has, we'll bring back the Michelle's mom segment because it's been a while since we heard from her. I know. Okay. Well, happy birthday to your mom. And until next time, I'm director of the show, SP. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. There you are. Yay. I was actually lying down on the floor (laughs) just now. Are you still not feeling great? Um, I think I, I think Scott is right. I think I pushed my back too far last week. So I'm trying to take it easy for about the next week. See what happens. Okay. I think it's just the muscle, but we'll see what the doctor says on Wednesday. So I'm thinking I'm seeing a pattern. You move away from Houston and all the hurricanes go <laughs> right towards Houston. So I'm I'm thinking the sinister evil Lauren has made some sort of a deal and <laughs> she might spite Houston or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, me and Poseidon, we're bros. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, my hair is very annoying. I think I'm going to put it in a mohawk. Next week, mm. my mom was like, please, no. So I'm like, okay, I'll wait until after I see you on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting close to just shaving it off myself. Yeah. So next time y'all see me, I'll have a green mohawk. Nice. Why green? Uh, I've been wanting to dye it green for a few months. I ordered the uh, dye and bleach and everything today. Found out that there is going to be trick-or-treating, at least for now. In my town, so I had to buy candy. I have not actually had trick-or-treaters since 2003. And you're in a new place. Were you in there Thanksgiving last year? No. So you don't know if there's going to be trick-or-treaters in the new place or not? No, but I'm betting not. I mean, I'll buy candy, but I'm pretty sure it'll be like every year. And I'll end up being alone in a costume, eating it all myself. (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna bring it to work just put it out people want to take it fine there's people that have already started bringing in some candy because you know it's on sale and stuff and nobody's touching mm-hmm. it because like nobody wants to touch anything <laughs> space force sorry hey. <laughs> it's just this automatic thing just what it say after yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it last week or not, but I was up there at, on vacation and I had a couple of meetings that I had to take where Space Force hey. and uh, it's all it was all virtual. These meetings were virtual. There's some meetings that we can't have virtual because classification, whatever. Yeah, but 
we were having these meetings and my mom asked me, so what are you going in for? I go space force. And, and her immediate thing that she said after was, oh, I love that show. Uh, I still need to watch that. It's, it's a fun campy watch. I mean, you, you got to be in the right mood for a lot of people can't take Steve Carell seriously as the uh, commander of space force. So you just got to put that aside and go along for the ride. It's got a lot of heart. Yeah, I need to watch that, and I need to watch Avenue 5. I need to watch a lot of things. I started yeah. away. When it came out in theaters. Oh, no. Oh, oh she, we just lost her. No. I'm not going to let her back in. She's just going to disconnect again. I'm not going to. No, Lauren. I know you can see me. I'm not letting you back in. Not. <laughs> <laughs> she just gave me the double finger. You didn't think I could see that, did you? No, I knew you could, and that's why I did it. Okay. <laughs> I've just been watching anime. It's Yay, been... which ones? Oh, my goodness. So, I just caught up on Black Clover uh-huh. and Log Horizon, and I'm watching Fire Force, which I really thought going in was going to be this slice of, you know, drama of, like, I want to be a firefighter. No, I was not expecting this quasi-Catholic demon infernal sort of thing. And I'm like, okay. what the f- is this? And I'm Have still- you seen Promare? No. It's a movie. Okay. It came out first. Fire Force was like the Armageddon to its deep impact or whichever. So it's from Trigger, who they did like Kill a Kill and Gurren Logan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've watched Yeah, it's about this team of firefighters, and then there's like these people who start the fires, and it's really, really good. And it came out on Blu ray. Like, I I got to see it when it came out in theaters. But yeah, it's it's really good. It's really fun. Fantastic soundtrack. Beautiful. Yeah. I've been, what have I been watching? Horror movies. Mm -hmm. It's October. And I started on Umbrella Academy the other week when I couldn't sleep. I like that show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.